But Big X also carried many burdens and secrets. Unusually, Bushel combined two key roles in the North compound. He was in charge of all escape activity, but he was also a significant intelligence asset with a special brief on Germany, and his influence carried far beyond the confines of the North compound. By March 1944, his name was familiar to British military intelligence, which had registered him in 1940 as a potential contact. He was one of the first RAF prisoners to establish links with London, and he helped to develop the use of coded letters and radio signals to such an extent that intelligence gathered by prisoners of war became a useful source of information for the Allies. The name of the British squadron leader was also familiar to the German secret police, the Gestapo. Two earlier escape attempts had raised his profile, and Bushel was under no illusions about the fate that awaited him if he were to be caught again. He would be shot. It was 9.30pm. Everyone was nervous. As Bushel contemplated his position that night and planned ahead, the wind made just enough noise to muffle the sound of a spade breaking through frozen ground. There was no moon. Sixteen prisoners waited in the tunnel with Bushel. Some men lay on trolleys waiting to be pulled towards the exit. Others waited in sidings known as Piccadilly and Leicester Square, halfway houses that were wider than the main tunnel. Up above, in Hut 104, another 173 men waited in rooms and corridors for their turn to enter the tunnel and begin the journey home. Men wore thick civilian jackets and coats made from military uniforms and blankets. They carried cases and other luggage. Anxious and overdressed to cope with the intense cold, they sweated as they waited. Hearts pumped hard. Sometimes it seemed that the walls of the tunnel would burst open as boards creaked and the air thickened with the prisoner's breath. These were the most frightening moments, dangerously claustrophobic, as men waited in the tunnel deep underground. In Hut 104, where the entrance to Harry was built into a concrete shaft under a stove, the strain showed too. Men in many guises drew on cigarettes. Amid the smoke, airmen wearing suits posed as Dutch or French businessmen. Others were dressed as workers from Bohemia and Moravia and the Baltic states. One airman had entered wearing the uniform of a German officer. Just for a moment, there'd been a hint of panic. The escape should have started at 9.30pm, but it was already nearer 10pm. For many, it was just like the hours before a big raid on Germany, when airmen sat around their bases in England, waiting for the bombers to be armed and fueled, well aware that the odds on getting back alive were not too good. Bushel lay close to the far end of the tunnel, where two men, Lester Bull and Henry Marshall, both known as Johnny, struggled in the darkness to loosen the tightly packed boards that protected the exit shaft. Swollen with water from the melting snow, the boards were jammed. On that Friday evening, as Bull and Marshall struggled to open the exit to Harry, the Allied armies were still not certain of victory. The British and Americans were under attack on the Anzio beachhead south of Rome as they struggled to advance in Italy. The Allied invasion of northern France had not yet taken place, and their air forces were still suffering heavy losses over Germany, with the number of airmen entering captivity on the Silesian plain rising steadily. The Russian armies were still fighting within their own territory. 
Roger Bushell's own war had seemed equally tumultuous. It had been shaped at times by his relationships with three women. The first was his fiancée, Peggy Hamilton, an ambitious woman from Henley. The second was a Czech patriot called Blažena Tsaitamalova, and the third was a beautiful debutante called Georgie, who yearned for his return. She'd loved and lost him in the mid-1930s, and in the months that Big X planned and organized this most audacious of Allied escape attempts, it was her letters from England that had strengthened his resolve. The mass escape would not enable many men to get back to Britain. Most of those who would crawl through the tunnel that night knew they stood very little chance of being at large for long in occupied Europe, particularly in winter.